Hey, y'all, this is Eric, and you're listening to Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. What's going on, guys? Eric here with Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be another mix of Truck Talk Tuesdays and a guest episode. The guest we're having come on is Paul Sinoground. He's a good buddy of mine. Known him for about three years now. Um, he is a bow hunter out of Shiloh, Georgia. Dude's been hunting his entire life. And let me just tell y'all, he is a freaking killer. Um, he's going to have a lot of stories. We're going to talk about what gear he's using, why he's using it, what his plan is for this coming season, um, our involvement in the bow hunting league. He and I and a buddy of his and a buddy of mine now named Doc are all on a, on a team called Tiny Tine Taggers. Basically, if you haven't heard of Bow Hunting League, it's it's this kind of like every it's an annual competition of bow hunters throughout the entire country. Um, there, it's basically just whatever team accumulates the most amount of inches by the end of the season wins like crazy prizes like bows, sights. Um, I'm sure there's some tree stands in there, just a bunch of gear. There's like fifty thousand dollars worth of prizes that you can win. Um, there's a lot of teams too. I think it's like 320 teams or something like I saw last. I, uh, I haven't really looked, but it's a lot. So I know we're going to touch on that. Um, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe we can win it. Uh, there's a lot of heavy hitters out there. Uh, working class bow hunter has a team. I know there's a couple other guys who are in the industry that have, has a team. So it's tough competition, especially since a lot of these guys are going to be in the Midwest where, you know, there, at least from what I've seen and heard, there's a lot more deer that are pretty, pretty big compared to down here in Georgia. Uh, but we've got some giants too. Speaking of giants, I pulled the card off of my public spot this past weekend and there was a giant on there. I can't really say how big he was. He's probably 140, 150. To me, that's a giant, especially since the biggest drive I ever killed is probably like a 110. Um, that would be the prayer buck. If you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. I think it's like episode five or something like that. Um, but yeah, public land is looking good this year. I also pulled uh, one of my cards off of my in-laws place again. Chicken Little, the funky buck is still showing up. He actually was there quite a bit. He has not daylighted yet, but you know, it's it's only a matter of time. He is shed velvet. I've actually only got two bucks now on camera that haven't shed their velvet, and I'm pretty sure that by now they, they have or will this week. Um, it's 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 go time, man. I mean, it's it's time to get those mock scrapes going. It's time to make sure all your equipment's ready. Um, you know, it, it it's exciting. One of the deer that I was hunting last year named Max uh, has shown back up over there as well at my in-laws place, and he's much bigger than he was last year last year he was probably a 120 is eight now he's easily a 140 is eight um he's probably four or five years old you know he he's a smart deer i I don't if if i can't keep this place all season i don't know i mean he was daylighting a lot last year like literally right before season started he has not daylighted yet i've only got two pictures of him and it was basically in the middle of the night I'm pretty sure I know where this buck's at. The only problem is I don't have permission on any of these spots. And with the crazy week that I've got this week, and especially next week, um, I'm not probably going to have time to go try and get some spots. Um, We just got a new puppy two days ago. He has been a handful, but he's an amazing dog. 
Um, he actually doesn't have his back feet. So there's a lot of challenges that come with that. But, hey, man, we took it on, so we're going to get through it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's go time. And one other thing is I'm getting fixed. <laughs> and what I mean by that is if you've listened to other episodes, I've been a huge advocate for the G5 Mega Meat. Um, I still am. I, I, in my opinion, it's the best broadhead or the best mechanical broadhead in the market. But when me and JD were talking in the last episode, which I want to apologize about that audio in the last episode, we both were on our Anchor app, um, both recording from our, from our phones. JD's got his own podcast called Drawback Outdoors. If you haven't heard it or checked it out, go give him a look. Dude's awesome. He's got great stories. Um, you know, and I, I think he's got a future in this podcasting deal. Um, but we were talking about what broadheads we were going to use. And in that episode, he uh, was talking about he's using the G5 Montec M3, which is a great broadhead. Don't get me wrong. It's a solid piece uh, broadhead. It's, it's, it's a fixed blade. I mean, if you don't know what it is, go look it up. It's a great, great product. But I'm biased as far as fixed blades go towards the QAD Exodus. And so that's the broadhead I'm going to be using for the majority of the season. If I do take a deer with it and I'm not happy with the results, I'll probably switch back over to the, to the uh, Mega Meat. Um, and, you know, I, I might switch back and forth. I don't know. I've been switching back and forth all year. You know, I, I, I think the only issue I have with the Exodus is when I shoot it at my target, it tears up the target. But, I mean, whatever, man. You get some, some of that the good stuff foam in a can you can spray it in that target and you have a basically a brand new target again so that's probably something that i'm going to be here doing here soon um but that exodus man it it in another episode i said that i was watching a seek one episode on youtube where they were testing a bunch of different broadheads and the exodus was one of them they had a deer scapula about four inches in a ballistic block and we all know that a scapula in a deer is not four inches in, but that broadhead broke that scapula in half. And it didn't just hit the thin part. It hit like the knuckle, like the thick part, and it broke it in half. So that was kind of the nail in the coffin for me um, on the Exodus as far as what fixed blade I want to use. I know people have their opinions. You know, there's other ones out there like Iron Will, Day 6, stuff like that. And those are great broadheads. Don't get me wrong. But I don't. I'm not going to spend $100 on a broadhead. So for the money, I think the Exodus is probably your best bet. Um, and you you can shoot whatever you want, man. You, you can kill a deer with a field point, but you're not – I don't think that's legal, and I would not recommend that to anybody. But if you're shooting like a lighter weight arrow or if you're shooting you know lower poundage or both, um, or if you're like me and you're shooting 65 pounds with a 511 grain arrow – an exodus is going to zip straight through that deer, especially if you put it right in the in the vital V where the lungs and the heart are. You'll have no problem. It doesn't make a giant hole like some of these mechanicals will, but it's a one in a quarter. Yeah, one and a quarter inch cut. That's plenty because if you look up, you know, the exit and entry holes of the exodus, it it's a hole. It's not a slice or you know, three little slices and a tiny hole. It's a hole. It punches a hole through this deer. Um, and not even just a deer. I mean, it'll punch a hole through an elk, caribou, African game. I know Lusk Archery Adventures has two videos on the Exodus and he'll show you in those videos what that broadhead will do. The penetration on that thing is ridiculous. It uses the blade over shaft design, which basically the blades 
basically go over the shaft. I mean, it's it's pretty much that simple. The ferrule's super short. Um, the blades come out of the package sharp. They are replaceable. I actually need to order some replaceable blades here soon because one of my Exodus, actually two of my Exodus that I've been shooting over the summer, um, they're still sharp, but they're not as sharp as I would like. And one is the full blade, but I prefer the sweat blade. It's basically just off of looks. I think the sweat blade looks a lot better than the full blade. The only problem with that is when you shoot the target, it tears the target up way more. Um, but thankfully, they're legal in, in Georgia. They're not legal in every state because um, they are technically a, bra- a barbed broadhead. So if you want to use the Exodus and you don't live in Georgia, check your game laws. Check to see if barbed broadheads are allowed. If not, just get the full. It's the exact same thing. It's just got a little bit more metal um, behind the blade. It doesn't add any weight. It doesn't hinder penetration. There's actually a video from a buddy of mine, Blue Collar Outdoors on YouTube, where he compares the two and the full blade um, penetrated in an FBI ballistics block, like maybe a half inch more or quarter inch more, something like that. I mean, it's not going to matter in a deer. You're going to go straight through it like butter regardless with either one. But that's that's my my uh pitch basically for the exodus i'm not sponsored by qad i'm not sponsored by g5 i have no sponsors at the time other than my wife (laughs) and uh you know it but hopefully that'll change i mean i I would love to have a relationship with these guys um they're two of my favorite brands in the industry i know that t-bone pushes g5 a lot he's he's super um what's the word confident in them and yeah, I, I mean, I trust anything that guy says. I just really want something that's going to be reliable. And so, yeah, I'm getting fixed. Um, that's basically it for this small section of Truck Talk Tuesdays. Uh, one more thing is next yeah, next week we have a huge guest coming on. As long as everything's going right and as long as his health stays solid, um, and as long as the equipment stays working right, we're going to have probably one of the biggest guests I'll ever have on this podcast and I honestly can't believe it's happening so soon I mentioned it last week's or in last week's episode and I'm beyond excited Um, I'm going to be going out of town this weekend so there probably won't be too much uh, content other than this episode it is what it is we're going down to uh, Gulf Shores Alabama for the weekend and then after that it's deer season so let's get into it with Mr. Paul Sinoground all right, we got Mr. Paul Sinoground here. Um, Paul, why don't you uh, tell us a little about yourself, buddy? Okay. Uh, my name's Paul Sinoground, like Eric said. I, uh, we actually are in the same field. I work in uh, life safety. I check fire extinguishers, fire suppression systems, exit emergency lights. Um, that's what I do. It's my nine to five. Um, but when I'm not doing that and I'm not at church, I... Uh, prefer to be in the woods either hunting or scouting or kayaking and fishing and camping and just enjoying the outdoors um, that's, that's, that's the type of stuff I live for I heard that man I wish we could be doing that right now but the season's yeah. two weeks away so oh man not I even see the season in the two week forecast on the weather and uh, I am so happy yeah what's the weather looking like because I can't see you know um I can't really see all that far out. I mean, I'm seeing there's rain middle of the week next week, but what's the weekend looking degrees, like? 68 degrees on opening morning, 83 is the high, and it's a 40% chance of rain. So hey. that's fine with me. 
Yeah, that's not bad. I was just telling a buddy of mine earlier that, you know, when it rains a little bit, that's usually when I've seen deer move. So Yeah, me too. Me too. Sweet. Well, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your hunting history and kind of cover, you know, how you got started, why you got started, just pretty much all that. Okay. Um, so I really, I really started, and, uh, and I'll tell you this, when I first started, and, I, and I'm looking back now where I am now, I don't consider myself back then uh, as much as a hunter slash outdoorsman as I am now. Back then, um, and I started probably around 2009, 2010, uh, somewhere in that area. Uh, I wasn't raised in a hunting family. Um, we did a little bit of fishing and some cattle ponds that we had on the property, but other than that, it was it was mostly uh, working on cars or, or whatever, you know. Um, but when I first started, I, it was more, you know, pour a little bit of corn on the ground, and if it was if it was brown, it was down. You know, I, I shot anything that moved. Um, I didn't really care. I didn't pay attention. I didn't put in any type of work. It was just when the season opens up, go buy a bag of corn, pour it on the ground, climb up in a tree, and if it comes by, take a shot at it, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, but now, um, I, I uh, and I, there was a pretty good area in there that I took a, a, a hiatus from hunting um, just because I had a lot going on um, in, in, in the real life. And so, it was probably two or three years in there, but when I got back into it, I really, I really wanted to do better, be better, and uh, you know, put in, put into it. You know, because I, I believe that you, you will get more out of it the more you put into it. You know what I mean? So now oh. I, I do things like plant food plants and give mineral to the deer. Uh, I don't kill anything that walks by. You know, I still don't get me wrong. I still. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I want to say. I, I don't kill every deer that walks by, but uh, I am there primarily to kill deer for my freezer. I am not a trophy hunter. I'm not going to sit and wait for a 140, 150, 160 class deer. Um, I, I uh, you know, I had an opportunity at a young eight pointer last year, and I, I did let him walk, and, and that was just me maturing as a hunter in my eyes. But you know, that wasn't something that I needed to take at the time. I uh, I had plenty of meat in the freezer. Um, the deer was a young deer, so I, I decided, you know, hey, let's let this deer grow a little bit. Maybe he'll turn into something else. Um, I, for one, am not one of those guys that think that I'm a professional hunter by any means, shape, form, or fashion. You know, there, there are guys out there that put in a thousand times more work than I do and I salute those guys very much um, and at the same time you will never ever hear me bash somebody for hunting a particular way or with a particular weapon mm-hmm. um, you know that as as a hunter in the hunting community I, I feel like that's just negativity that we don't need um, I don't as long as it's legal I'm fine with it. Now, if, if somebody does something illegal, I might bring it up. I'm still not going to talk about it just because it doesn't really have anything to do with me. But, you know, if you want to hunt with a crossbow, a bow, a gun, an air rifle, an air bow, or whatever the case may be, I mean, 
that's fine by me as long as it's legal do it man i, I want to get people into the sport not not be negative and push people away to it away from it you know what i mean yeah um too many times, man, you see, oh, you're a crossbow hunter. What, what does it matter? I mean, if you're not going out in the woods and cutting down trees and making your own bow and, and making your own bowstring from animals in you and sharpening rocks, then we're all doing it the modern way. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because that's how the Indians did it and our ancestors. So, you know, we use compound bows. They have sights. They have let off and they have, you know, gadgets and all this good stuff. On, I mean, it's still not traditional. Even traditional bows, most of the time they're fiberglass, yep. or I guess I mean some kind of composite material. Yep. But you know, like Doc, um, Doc is a guy that's on mine and Eric's bow hunting league team for the year, and um, you know he 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 hasn't been uh, into hunting his life. He he uh, last year he bought a bow and we went turkey hunting together and we had some turkeys but we never could make a, sh- make a shot happen um, but this year I mean my, my main goal for, for opening weekend is to get him a doe uh, that, that's my main goal for opening weekend we've got a spot that we got permission on uh, we've been putting some cameras out we've been feeding the deer we got a small little food plot that I raked up and, and just put a poor man's plot in and we've got deer coming in regular every day um, around 8 o'clock, uh, 8.30 in the morning. And I feel very confident that we can get Doc a deer in there. And once we get him a deer, I think he's going to be hooked on it. Um, and um, and that, that, to me, that will bring me so much joy to be able to share that with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I know the feeling, man. I mean, I've always been into it, but after I killed that first deer, I was that was it for me i mean i was i was done like i was obsessed with it you know i'd be watching hunting shows every single night i talk about it with my wife to the point where she just was like look you need to find some hunting friends (laughs) she was like i'm once once you get me started on talking about hunting and stuff i may get off on a tangent because i for one i love to talk i'm a talker i can talk to anybody one-on-one all day, no problem. I'm not a group type of speaker. I don't speak in front of groups, but man, I can I can talk to any person about whatever, and especially if it's got to do with hunting or outdoors or stuff. Man, I can we can record 20 episodes, you know. Oh yeah. I still wouldn't stop talking. <laughs> hey man, that's the plan, and <laughs> we got to give them the content, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we well, mentioned kind of kind of your upbringing with it and like kind of your views on some stuff um in the previous episode me and jd talked about kind of the crossbow you know drama that everyone's always like oh if you shoot a crossbow and you're not 85 years old or 12 years old that you know you're you're not hunting or you're not a hunter and you're not hunting right and it's just stupid man like like what you when you posted that thing on working class bow hunters page and everybody was getting on to you. I was like, why in the world are people arguing over over this? And I don't even remember what the picture was. It was some, you know, something. It was a meme. It was just something to be funny, and everyone took it seriously. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I saw it on like forty other pages two hours later. Yeah. It's yeah. just stupid. I mean, the amount of people that attacked me over that. It's just it's, it, it it proved the point of the meme itself. Exactly. You know, it was something about uh, elitist hunters. Yeah. Uh, 
waiting for certain deer or something like that. And then it was a good old boy who shot a who shot a two and a half year old buck <laughs> and put him in a bowl of chili yep. with a two seventy or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, you know, this is my thing with the whole. I, my son has a crossbow, but and I will. I have shot plenty of deer with a crossbow. I've shot deer with. I've shot deer with. Uh, Compound bow. I've shot deer with a crossbow, with a rifle. I killed more deer with a rifle last year than what I did with my bow, which is abnormal because I usually bow hunt more. But I built that rifle to hunt and kill stuff with, and I wanted to use it. And so I ended up killing more deer with my gun than I did with a bow. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't feel any different about it. I mean, they they all in my freezer and they all taste the same to me. Yep. So. But my thing is this: you don't know that that person's uh, situation. That man may, or woman, or child, or whoever. That man may uh, he might work seven days a week, twelve hours a day for a month straight, and it's hunting season, and he loves to be out there in the woods, and he gets one weekend off to capitalize. I don't. I don't care. What he shoots, if he shoots a spike buck and it's legal with a crossbow, I will congratulate him all day, every day, because he was able to capitalize on on the time that he had by any means necessary. Yeah, I feel the same way, man. I mean, it. I mean, look, I I'm the same as you. You know, I didn't come from a hunting family. I started with a rifle, went to crossbow. Now I, you know, shoot strictly just compound bow. Um, not to say I wouldn't use the rifle, but you know, personally, I like I like the bow more. But that yeah. doesn't mean that when I see I mean, someone I'm kill, you, man, it is more of a challenge, no doubt. If that's what you're looking for, yep, it is is challenging. It, the, the bow is the way to go. I mean, because that it is, it is, it is definitely more challenging. There's more sport in it, no no doubt. I don't I don't question that there's more sport in it as as far as a bow hunter. I mean, because just about anyone could pick up a rifle that sighted in and go out and shoot a deer that that deer never even knew they were there. You have to yeah. be close with the bow. You know what I mean? I, I, you have to put in a lot of work to figure out where they're coming and going and, and where they'll be to be close enough to kill with a bow. I understand that. But like I said, it goes back. You don't know that person's situation. He may not have the time to scout in the off season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I'm over here trying to make time, dude. Like, it, yeah. it I, I will literally, I get up every single day at 4 o'clock to go to work early so I can get off in time to go do deer stuff that, I mean, I've been doing it all year. And I'm not saying, oh, I'm this great person. Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, you and me both are so dedicated to it that we are literally willing to sacrifice sleep, sacrifice family time, you know, to go and kill an animal that I mean we and that sounds bad but like it's what we love to do it's what God gave us the right to do I mean it's it's it is what it is and some people don't like that and that's fine I mean I've lost plenty of friends over this you know I don't care it, it ain't for everybody it's not no. for everybody I mean and that's okay that's, that's I mean I'll be honest with you and this may not be about hunting but that's that's a problem with the world today is too many people want you to do life the way they do life. You know what I mean? And I couldn't have said it any better, everybody. man. We're different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody's different. We're all unique, you know? Yeah. Uh, if you get offended, you know what happens? 
nothing. Exactly. Life goes on, you know? Yeah, people I mean, don't understand that nowadays. It, it's If you get offended, it's supposed to be a big deal, and you're supposed to get an award now and be on CNN or whatever. And I'm not trying to make this too political. That's not what this podcast is about. But I agree with you. I completely agree with you that it's just people people don't know how to leave others alone anymore. It, it's There's just constant, constant division and... You know, I see it in the in in the industry all the time. I see it in in the culture all the time in the in the community. You know, like it's if I post up a picture of me using a rage. Now, granted, I'm not a rage fan, and we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I'm not a rage fan. I mean, I, I've killed every every deer aside from the rifle deer. I've killed with a rage, but it was out of a crossbow. And a crossbow, yeah, the rage is going to work. But you put that on a compound bow. I've heard way too many stories. I've heard way too many horror stories about. Rage is not working. Yeah, everyone does, dude. Because you hear the two-inch cut and it, it looks nasty, and they will work. It's just I don't I don't trust them as much as other heads, especially the ones that I'm using now. But it's like if I post a picture of that on Facebook and say, "Oh, this is the best broadhead," ninety-five percent of those people, exactly, exactly, ninety-five percent of those people are going to say that's that broadhead's junk, and you'll get maybe five percent that are like, "Oh yeah, I love that broadhead too." So I mean, it's just division. Division's everywhere. It's unfortunate, but. Um, to get I off of the broadheads, man, the rage broadheads, and I'm, I'm gonna, I wanna talk before you move on a little bit about yeah. that. I started out with rage. I personally have never had one fail. Mm-hmm. Do I use them now? Absolutely not. I, although I didn't have one fail, but every time I shot one through an animal, I always had some kind of damage. Blades yep. bent, barrels bent, something like that, you know, and so. Like you said, you're not confident in those. Exactly. Uh, I'm not saying they won't work, but that's not where your confidence lies. And confidence kills above everything else. If you are unsure about your equipment or not confident in your equipment, you will be overthinking it. And there, there's that more, that much more chance that something's going to go wrong. 100%. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's, confidence I mean... Kills I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but that's why I try to practice every single day because last year I was not confident. Honestly, I was pretty naive to the whole thing. Um, you and I have talked about it before, like my arrow setup and what I was using. And I know that my setup back then is more closely to what you're using, um, which we can touch on that in a second. But, you know, I, I mean, practice, it, it, it's everything, dude. T-Bone always talks about it in his videos. He just put one out like a week ago. He was like, accuracy is the most important thing. And Absolutely. you're not going to get that with without practice. It's not going to happen. So I completely agree that, you know, if you're not confident, I mean, I'm not going to say you shouldn't go out there. You know, I, I think no matter what you're, you know, feeling, if you're not confident, I think you should still go out there. But maybe put a little bit more effort into being confident with what you have rather than just going with what everybody says because that's what I did I went with what everyone was like oh get a rage or oh get this and that and I and I did and it was successful but now I mean dude I've been doing my own thing with archery equipment with hunting equipment for the past you know, basically almost a year and I'm more confident now than I've ever been not to say it's going to be a great season and I hope it is but that doesn't mean I'm going to go kill a booner every time I sit down you know absolutely Exactly. Not everybody does the same thing the same way. 
I'm a Hoyt guy. I love Hoyt bows. I started out with the Hoyt bow. I, my first bow I bought used for 350 bucks. It was a Hoyt Maxis 2007 edition. I absolutely love that bow. I was so accurate with that bow that when I uh, practiced, I would actually practice shooting my 3D target in the eyeball. Um, wow. Hands down, <laughs> the greatest bow that I've ever owned. And that has made me a, a Hoyt guy. Now, when someone comes to me, like when Doc said something about, you know, wanting to get into hunting, I, I told him the same thing I tell everybody. I'm a Hoyt guy. I love Hoyt, but Hoyt may not be for you. What you need to do is go to the bow shop and say, hey, I want to shoot a couple different bows. I mean, they all make wonderful bows. Matthews, Bear, PSC. I mean, I've owned, I've owned all of those. I've owned Bowtech, I've owned PSE, Matthews. Mm -hmm. I, I just love Hoyt. But you have to go and find what works for you. Yeah. It may not, what I shoot may not work for you. It may not be comfortable for you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm a bear guy, you know, and, and I, but the thing is, I've only ever shot one bow. I've never shot a Hoyt, a Matthews, Prime, any of that. So I could be saying, oh, you know, bear's the best. And in my opinion, they still, you know, to me are, but that's all I know. So I completely agree. Like, you know, people, people that want to get into it, they just have to figure out what suits them best. Um, speaking of what suits people best, why don't we talk about what broadhead you're using this year? Because I don't know if you're anything like me, but I have been switching back and forth. I can't make my mind up. I finally made my mind up and decided to go with the Q80 Exodus, which I have to set my bow in for this evening if I have time. But, um, and I guess the reason for that would be because what we just talked about is confidence. Now, the G5 Megami is definitely my mechanical of choice. It's not to say I'm not confident in it. You know, it, it's, and I'm kind of biased with it also, but I, from what I've seen and everything I've heard from it, um, it basically takes no pressure to deploy. It makes a huge hole. The, the blades bend and they can break. And I mean, that's just any mechanical. But as far as like, you know, the, a fixed blade, which is definitely the most reliable thing in archery. If you're going to be shooting any type of broadhead and you're worried about reliability, go with the fixed blade. And I don't care what fixed blade it is. I just think the Exodus is the best in my personal opinion. But I know plenty of guys that are like, oh, Iron Will is the best, or Day 6 is the best, or Tough Head, or, or whatever, you know? I mean, the Indians were killing stuff with rocks. So it really Absolutely. doesn't matter. But, I mean, half-inch rocks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and there's, there's broadheads like Tooth of the Arrow that, you know, or not Tooth of the Arrow, I'm sorry, um, Annihilator. They're tiny, but they'll still do the job because they're so accurate. And that goes back to what T-Bone said, accuracy kills. So for you, um, what broadhead are you using this year and why? Okay, so the broadhead that I'm using, um, many people probably haven't heard of it. Um, the broadhead itself is called the Combat Veteran, and it's made by a company called uh, Veteran Innovation innovative products VIP um, um, I started off using their their head that's called the veteran and, and what it is is it's a it's a you can define it as a mechanical head because it does have uh, mechanical abilities but but the owner of the company uh, his name's Matthew Feederay he's a um, he's a veteran uh, obviously he's a veteran owned company here in, the, here in the United States and everything's American made but he's, he's a Navy veteran and so 
Uh, he's an engineer, so he, he engineers all this stuff. But what he calls the heads are, uh, it's not mechanical, but it's not fixed blade. It's kind of, uh, it's kind of a mix because the way they're designed, that even if they fail to deploy, which which I've never had one not deploy, they'll still cut. Uh, so the, the veteran is a two blade broadhead, and I still use some of those, but the but the combat veteran is a four blade. So we'll start with the with the veteran. I still do have some some regular veterans. It's a two blade uh, broadhead, and when it's closed, it's an inch and a quarter, and it's got a it's got it's spring loaded. It has a collar on it, so when it goes through the animal, it kind of slips that collar back just enough. It, so when it goes in, it compresses the blades, right? Mm-hmm. And when it compresses the blades, it allows that ring to slide back just enough. And when it does, it springs the blades forward to keep that forward momentum. But it opens up from an inch and a quarter to a two-inch cut. And, uh, and and the blades flex independently. So if they do contact bone, they can they keep a straight line trajectory through that animal. Okay. So kind of like a sever. Blade, what was that? So kind of like a sever then. Uh, maybe. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know much about them. Well, they have pivoting blades that if you hit bone, it doesn't deflect it. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. it's probably it's probably something similar. Them, so they don't free float, but you can. They can't push down. Okay. Um. So the combat veteran is is that is the veteran, which is the two blade, but the combat veteran is four blade. It has a smaller blade uh, up in the middle so it's got the two blades on the side that when it's closed it's an inch and a quarter mm-hmm. so the combat veteran has actually four blades it's an inch and a quarter by one inch cut and when it opens um, it's a two and a quarter inch by in- inch and a quarter and I, I, I just I, wow. I have confidence in those heads yeah. um, I've been shooting them now I think for three years and I, I've never had Zero. I've never had an issue with them. Um, no bent blades. No. Uh, no nicks in the blades. No bent burls. No, I mean. No broken blades or anything like that. No broken blades. Nothing. They're, they're sharp. So um, when they first came out, they did these tests on them, and uh, I think the record right now is. 13 or 14 deer with a single head, never sharpened the blades, never replaced the blades. Holy crap. Clean, clean it off, put it back in the quiver, and shoot it again. I think you killed 13 or 14 deer, and I want to say a couple of pigs with it as well. Um, and that was with the veterans. I don't know if they tested uh, with, the, with the combat veteran or not. Um, I actually found these people through Cody and Homie, which run Whitetail Legacy Podcast. They actually... Um, had a little sponsorship by them, and, I, and that's how I really started. Because I, I was, you know, I was switching every year, trying to find a whopper. I used Rage and I used Swagger. Um, Basically, doing what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just, just changing around. I, I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of great broadhead companies out there. I, oh, I yeah. really like the Grim Reapers, um, but I, I've just had so much confidence with these veterans that I, I just I love the way they perform and they're super accurate never had one fly um, you know wild or anything like that and, and the fact that if, if they're designed the way if they didn't open they still cut a 
one inch by one and a quarter inch hole, which is just about as big as any fixed blade broadhead out there. Yeah, I mean, that's bigger than what the Exodus does. The Exodus is only um, an inch and a quarter, which, I mean, that thing, you know, I, honestly, man, I could talk for hours about how good I think that broadhead is. Like, I don't know if you saw the Seek 1 video where they were shooting um, deer scapulas that were four inches into ballistics gel, but the Exodus broke the scapula in half when they hit the knuckle. And I've never yeah. seen another broadhead do that. Now, not to say that would happen every time, and nobody should be aiming for that, but no. the fact it can do that, I mean, I just, that sealed the deal for me, basically. I was like, all right, if I go fixed, that's the one I'm going with. But these VIPs sound interesting. I mean, it, it sounds almost like a mix of, if you took like a Sever and like a G5, you know, let's just say a Dead Meat or Mega Meat, because... The sever, you know, its blades are closed, so it it, it has that practice mode. Like you're not going to have any any um, blades dulling or anything when you shoot it into a target. But then when you've got the, um, but they also basically never fail in deployment because it takes almost no pressure to open them. And then it's the same with the G5s because like their blades are exposed. So if you know, if you for whatever reason have one that doesn't open, it's still going to be cutting. Now it's not a big cut; it's like maybe an inch, but it's still cutting, you know. So what Most it sounds like. Broadheads are an inch or smaller. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, again, it just goes back down to accuracy, you know. I mean, I'm perfectly fine with a broadhead that makes a huge hole. I'm sure that that's what a lot of people want. And don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm looking at fixed blades, and that's another reason why I went to Exodus because it does have a little bit bigger of a cut than most fixed blades do. But when you get into like the two and a half to three inch territory, man. I, I just don't see that getting a full pass through, and that's what I want. I mean, I want full pass through two holes, and not something that's going to get caught up or maybe deflect or get caught in the bone, and then that animal has to suffer. Like I want the quickest death possible. So, Absolutely. sounds like and the VIPs will do it. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen so many videos of arrows sticking out, and I know I'm. Ranch Ferry has done so many videos on this, man, but he'll say there's no reason why any arrow shouldn't go straight through a whitetail because yeah. if you've got – there's people out there shooting 35 pounds with a 700-grain arrow, and they're zipping through Cape Buffalo. So, like, a whitetail is, what, not even a quarter of the size of a Cape Buffalo? Oh, man, no I mean, way. Yeah. there's no reason. And, like, I guess this is a good, a good segue into your arrow setup because you and I are shooting completely different setups. I'm shooting yeah. a 511 grain arrow. You're shooting like a what? Three. 386. 386. I, I, got it, I got it written down right here because I knew this topic would come up. <laughs> uh, my, my arrow weight is 382 grains. Wow. My, my feet per second on my bow is 268 feet per second. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm a short guy. I'm 5'6. I have a short weight. I don't have the speed of someone shooting. 29 inch draw or 30 inch. Oh man. Controlling. So, with the setup that I have, if I go super heavy, anything over, I want to say about 410 to 415 grains, anything over that, I'm, I'm losing so much speed that I don't want to have to guess if that animal's going to duck, how much is it going to duck. Yeah. You know what I mean, with with the setup that I have now, I'm fast enough to get that arrow there and go. I'll be honest with you, I've never 
that shit a buck in 2017. And I went through both shoulder blades and it stuck in the second. Um, it went out, then it didn't go all the way through. It broke my broad head off and it me broke the other half of the arrow that was sticking out of his right side. Yeah. But it went through both shoulder blades and um, I never found that deer. Now were you using the VIP then or was that a different broadhead? Gotcha. Um, I'm not sure it was either Rage or Schwacker, I believe. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of, and I'm not knocking Schwacker. They, they make a fixed head that I'm actually pretty interested in, to be honest. But as far as mechanicals go, I don't really like the over, like the front deployment. Um, yeah. I don't like the where they have to flip over. I get the concept. I think it slows your arrow down way too much. Exactly, and that's why I don't want that because. I mean, yeah, I'm shooting an arrow that's definitely you know heavy enough where I think any any mechanical I use it, it should get a you know a pass through as long as it doesn't hit hard bone. But for someone that like in your position where you're using a lighter arrow, I mean, if you use one of those, I'm not going to say you won't get a pass through, but your chances are a lot lower. You know what I mean? And I'm sure what, like what you just said as far as having nothing you know a lot of pass throughs and never having any issues with such a light arrow, a lot of people are going to be like, oh man, they're there's no way, because what are you going to do when you when you hit hard bone? Well, dude, we make mistakes. We're human. It's part of it. Exactly. Like I said before, it goes back to it. And so, you know, and that's another thing I've seen people argue about. It's like broadhead choice, arrow weight. It's so dumb, dude. It, if it works, it works. Now, do I think that a heavier arrow is maybe a better choice? Yeah. Absolutely. But it depends on your shot. Exactly. Exactly. And people argue yeah, that too because they'll say, oh, well, the deer's going to hear the bow go off, speed of sound, yada, yada. And, that, and yeah, you're right. I mean, speed of sound is like 700 feet per second. Our bows are shooting maybe 250 to 280. I mean, 268 is what I shoot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying in a general sense. Um, yeah. So it doesn't matter. You could be shooting a 300 grain arrow. That deer's still going to hear it. I don't care how fast your bow is. So. Yeah, it's still going to hear the arrow, but exactly. the Exactly. I mean, the difference between a 382 grain arrow coming off of a 67.2 pound draw weight versus a 530 grain arrow is going to be a pretty significant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dude, when I started building my own arrows, I noticed that. Like, because when I first started, I think I was shooting, you know, once I got my poundage up and, and ditched the arrows that the shop gave me, because they. Man, I'm not knocking them, but dude, they had me sitting at 40 pounds with like 320 grain arrows. It was it was laughable, and I went hunting with that. Okay, <laughs> like I didn't know any better. You know, I was I was brand new. So eventually, I switched up to I think like a 410 grain arrow at 55 pounds, and I was using a Rage, and it probably could have done it had I been accurate enough, but I never. I mean, I never got the chance. And then I switched over to fixed, and I mean, I know I know that would have gone through for sure. So. I would have been okay, but yeah, man, it, it's the pin gap like that is not a joke. I went all the I I did all extremes this year. I never went super light, but I had a five almost a six hundred grain arrow. I had like a five hundred and eighty six grain arrow that I was shooting out of sixty pounds, and I couldn't even get my forty yard pin to go low enough in order to hit forty yards. So I was I was like, dude, I'm shooting two hundred and nine feet per second. There's no way 
then I need to shoot this. Because my shots last are going to be year, over 30 yards, possibly. So Last year, I was using some of the Axis 5mm yeah. arrows. Wonderful arrow. I will say this. They're, they are tremendously great arrows. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're very small diameter, so they have less wind drift. Super heavy. I think they're like 11 point something grains per inch. Yeah, it's like 11.2 or something. I use those. The amount of deer that I missed, it wasn't last year, I want to say it was the year before last year. Yeah. Last year I used gold tips. And I, I love gold tips. I've always used gold tips. And I, I, I switched up from time to time just to try to find something better, see if I like something better. Yeah. So I bought a dozen of the axes. I shot over so many deer. And the thing is, is you don't know how that deer is going to react. Is, is every deer going to drop the same? No, not at all. I mean... This deer may drop six inches where this deer may not drop none. So I don't want to play that guessing game and end up wounding an animal. Yeah. You know what I mean? With my, I like to be between 380 and 400 grains on my arrows. I think that's just the right setup for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, if you if you have a bow that's capable of, of sending a 450 to 500 grain arrow at a good speed, by all means, do it. Yes, I mean I, I I do truly believe that a heavier arrow is better because you're gonna have more momentum. I mean it's like hitting somebody in the face with a ping pong ball versus a baseball. You know, obviously it's gonna pack more punch, but at the same time you got to be ethical where you get that arrow there fast enough to do the job and not have to wonder if he's gonna drop down and you spine shot him. Exactly. Or if he doesn't drop, you shoot underneath him, you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever the case may be. Well, the thing is, you got to find a happy medium, and everyone's happy medium yeah. is different, you know? Absolutely. So, cool, man. Well, we got that out of the way. Um, why don't you tell us about the biggest buck you've shot? Because I'm very curious to hear that story. I don't think you've ever told me about that. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, man, I, I've killed three bucks in my life. I really... Now, this goes back to when you asked me about when I started hunting and things like that. Yeah. Um, now I consider myself more of, a, of an outdoorsman, and I try to, you know, my, I'll tell you the story of my first. My first book was in 2017. It was Thanksgiving Day. I shot my first, my first book with a bow that I bought in October. And this is really when I got back into it. I put in work. I planted a food plot. I ran cameras and... And I studied deer and what deer like and how they move. And so, you know, I was really getting into it. I bought me a bow in October. I practiced previously to that. I had a crossbow. But I wanted to get more into the bow hunting because I started with a, with a vertical bow. And I, I wanted to get back to that. Yeah. So I went out Thanksgiving morning, 7 o'clock, you know. Next thing you know, boom, there's a buck right in front of me, 20 yards, broadside. I smoked him. Perfect shot. Passed through. He ran about 50 yards and piled up. That deer scored 106 inches. Hey, that's a good buck. <laughs> Dude, I, I will shoot that deer 100 times over. No questions asked. Oh, yeah. All, All right. right. So, um, very happy with that deer. It's a... Uh, I want to say he's a nine pointer. He's got a he's got a very small brow tie on his left side, and then the other one is broken off. So I mean, he's nine. Uh, yeah. 
You need to send me a picture of that deer because I want to compare it to the prayer buck because I haven't, I didn't get him scored because I mean he's not, he's clearly not like Pope and Young or Boone and Crockett or anything like that, but just to get a rough idea. Um, well, this is me scoring it myself. I mean, okay. I'll be honest with you, man. I see some people measuring deer and I'm like, how? <laughs> where, do you, where, where are those inches coming from? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, hey, seven beers in, they start to look bigger, I guess. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon. So, that was in 2017. Mm-hmm. I, went, I went three years before I killed another buck. Wow. So, you know, I, I talked about Whitetail Legacy podcast earlier. Um, I'm going to touch on them a little bit. Yeah. Because this all leads together, and this is going to be one of my changes, so I might hit a lot of subjects here. Um. I started following their podcast, man, because of a post they put on Facebook that said, uh, give us a follow and um, we'll give you some free stickers. And I, I like, I, I'm a sticker whore, I guess. I like stickers. <laughs> so I followed them and I started listening. I, and I went back and I listened to every single episode. And I reached out to them on Facebook Messenger and started talking with them. And, uh, man, I, I, let me tell you something. I consider Cody and homie, which homie's real name is Ryan. Mm-hmm. Some of my closest friends, dude. We still talk every day to this day, and I think I started following them in 2018. Matter of fact, we we talk daily. I'm, yeah. in, a, I'm in a Snapchat group with them uh, and, and several other guys, guys from uh, Next Level Deer Supplements, which is a deer supplemental feed company out of Nebraska. Uh, chasing the dream. Um, he's on. He's in there with us, uh, and there's just a bunch of other guys in there as well. So that leads me to my second bug that I ever killed, which was in 2020. It was my first time ever out of state hunting. Uh, Nate Christensen, uh, Nate Clark and Scott Christensen own Next Level Deer Supplements uh, out in Nebraska. And I, you know, they were in our group for a while, and I was like, hey, look, if I, if I get a tag and I come out there and hunt, I've never, never hunted out of the side of Georgia ever in my life. You um, know I got to cut you off real quick. I'm very glad you're talking about this because this was on my list of what I wanted to talk to you about because what you did is something that I'm so, so really I, wanting to do. I, I asked him, I said, hey, look, if I, if I, if I buy a tag, can I, can, I, can I hunt? You know, can we figure something out? And they, they were like, you know, if you, if you buy a tag, we'll figure it out. And so time came around and I bought an archery tag and a $25 habitat stamp. And um, I drove from Georgia to Nebraska, which is 22 hours. Good Lord. I drove it all the way through. The only time I stopped was to get gas and use the bathroom and get a bite to eat. Jeez. Um, I loved every minute of it. And I, I consider also me and Scott too really close friends we also speak just about daily on on the snap group yeah we we i got out there you know i, I had my clothes packed my bow packed i'm excited first time ever. i get out there i think i left my house on sunday night it was sunday night because i dropped my daughter off with her mom that night in lagrange and i left 
LaGrange and it's Nebraska. And so I got there Monday afternoon. Um, I went to Nate's house, which I believe he lives in Grand Island. And then we, we loaded some stuff up at his house. Then we drove to Scott's house, which is Kearney, Nebraska. And then we left there and went up to the hunt ground, which is in Arnold. Got camp set up. And we rode around that first night. Uh, just did some scouting, looking at the bean fields. Um, saw a bunch of does and, and saw one little one little bug, probably a year and a half old, maybe a two-and-a-half-year-old deer. I don't know. I'm not great at aging deer. No master <laughs> at all. Um, I mean, he's a... I want to say he's a three by four or a four by four or something like that. Mm-hmm. Saw him in the beans, and uh, so we went back to camp. We had a great time at camp. I, I just drove 24 hours and I still hadn't been asleep. And this is you know that night, so we're eating and drinking and hanging out. And I, I you know I just it's time to go to bed, so we get up and go out the next day. So we get up the next morning, man. We're ready to go. And uh, it's, it's awesome, awesome scenery out there. It's absolutely beautiful all the way around out there. And uh, got on a got on a deer that we spotted about a thousand yards away through the spot scope. Totally different hunting than hunting in Georgia, man. Let me tell you, it is spot and stalk out there. Yeah. Where I hunt in Georgia, man, it's so thick you can't probably see about five feet in front of you. Out there, you can see for miles. Yep. So we, we, we spotted a deer laying on a bed, and uh, we got up to him, and uh, I was within 16 yards of him, but it ended up being a spike, so he, he took off when he saw me. Um, then then we got on a absolute giant, man. When I tell you giant, Scott lives there, and he said, that is not a normal-sized deer for here. That is a monster. Now, is that the so, mule deer you sent me a picture of? Yeah, that's that's Oof. the one. That's the one I sent you. Some Good pictures. lord, that um, thing was huge, man. He was across the ridge from me, and uh, and so Scott said he knows we see him. So what I want you to do is park around this canyon and come down and watch me from the other side, and I'll tell you which one of those ridges to come down so you can get a shot on him. So I start making my way around this canyon, and there's a little dip at the end. And when I go down in that dip, Scott said the deer looked that way so he must have caught a glimpse of me and when I when he did he bolted and so he watched him he went he ran, he ran all the way up this canyon to the top of it hit the edge of the corn and turned and ran all the way down the corn something that I didn't know about mule deer and I'm sure you probably don't know it many of the listeners probably don't either is mule deer don't really like to go into corn stalks they run the edge of it Really? So we watched him run the edge of Yeah, he wouldn't go in there, I guess because his antlers so big and they, didn't, they don't like him getting their antlers or something. Makes sense. I don't know. Um, but he ran the whole way down it. So we, we went and had lunch after that and uh, hung out for a little bit at camp. And we went back out in the afternoon, got on a couple of does. And uh, that little buck that I told you we saw that first night ended up being in the almost same spot then that, that same night, the next night, opening day, this is September the 1st, 2020, and so I ended up getting a shot on that deer at 20 yards, and he's no monster, I think he scored 96 or 98 inches, but it's my first time out of state hunting, 
all the way across the country. As far as I'm concerned, it's all the way across the country. Yeah. It basically you is. Kill a, you could kill a velvet mule deer on opening day of season. I, I don't I don't think you could have went any better for me, unless I killed that monster deer. But I think I killed the deer that I was supposed to kill, and it's a beautiful deer. And, uh, man, I absolutely did it. It was, I mean, I had, I had, if I would have killed that spike, man, I still would have had a million dollars worth of fun going out there doing that. Uh, and, and that's something that, that, that honestly, from a podcast where I got involved in a Snapchat group with some guys and more guys got involved with the Snapchat group and we just became friends and, and, and networked and, and, hey, look, um, you know, hey, can I come out and hunt with you guys and, they were like, yeah, cool. So I even went back last year. I was unsuccessful last year, but yeah. I still had a wonderful and hunting. I mean, doing something that I love with some some of the some of the guys that I consider my friends. You know. Yeah, I, I gotta go on that hunt with you, man. Cause like I've told you a thousand times, mule deer is like probably second on my bucket list of animals to hunt. I mean, caribou is definitely a you know number one. That's always been that way, but. Just muleys in general. Like when I was out in Colorado in June um, on a fishing trip, I saw two muley bucks. And I mean, I, comparing them to whitetails, I love whitetails, but something about a mule deer just looks so much better to oh, me. Man, yeah, and like they get so big, even when they're young. I mean, a 170 inch muley looks like a 200 inch whitetail. You know, oh, and it's just insane. So when you told me about that, especially when we first met, I was like, all right. How, when, how much? <laughs> dude, I gotta, I gotta at least try. I mean, it's um, you know, and we're we're almost uh, coming up on an hour here, so I know you you gotta probably get going soon, and I gotta go pick up the kids. But I guess to to close it all out, um, what what are your goals for this season? I know you mentioned Doc, but like, what's your goals? Are you are you wanting to get something that's you know, bigger than the bucks you've gotten before. I mean, you've sent me pictures, and there's some good deer on your property. But I know you said that they move off sometimes. So, yeah. like, what's what's kind of the plan? Are you just sort of going out trying to fill the freezer like always, or are you trying to trying to sort of set it aside and just be like, all right, I want to get something that's a little bit bigger. Um, obviously, you know, filling the freezer is pretty much a top priority for anyone who eats deer meat. I mean, I know I definitely want to smack as many does as I can, but. Like what's what's kind of what's kind of the goal for this season? Uh, that's that's my main goal is, is putting meat in the freezer. Uh, I am by far a meat hunter. Um, we we don't buy beef. I don't. The only time I buy beef is if I want like a ribeye steak. Yeah. Other than that, we we eat deer meat for everything. I use back straps for fajitas. I use I use ground meat for. I mean. Sloppy Joe's, casseroles, spaghetti, tacos. I mean, tacos, I mean everything, <laughs> everything, dude. I mean, we eat dairy. Now, we eat pork and chicken as well, but it, when it comes to beef, we eat dairy. I mean, I, I, that's my main priority. Yeah. I, if I can get a few does down in September, I will be very, very selective on what I kill the rest of the season. Now, once it comes around to November, I mean, December, January, if I still eat a few more deer, I'll shoot whatever. I'll shoot some more does. But yeah. if I if I get a couple of does down and uh, in early season, I'll be selective. Honestly, I've just really started. 
the deer that I get pictures of early on usually move on. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to wait, and I got this from Cody and Homie as well. Um, you know, a lot of times the summer deer you see aren't the deer you end up with in the fall. So yeah. I waited on cameras, and, and, I, and I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to hang a camera on a spot that I've hunted after work right now. Here in a few minutes, I'm going back up in my shop. I'm going to put a bag of corn out and put a camera out. Now, once I get a buck that I want to target, that'll, that'll, my focus will probably shift to that. I'll do what I can to try to pinpoint where that deer's coming from. Yeah. But, um, I mean, my main goal is putting meat in the freezer. I'm, I'm, my, my main goal for opening weekend is getting dock a deer. I mean, that's really what I want to do. I want to get him a deer down. Um, and, and just, we, you, I have very much confidence in that happening and, uh, us getting to go to, us getting to go to the house and teaching him how to clean it and we're going to do the processing ourselves because I usually do all my processing myself anyway. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. Special, but, you know, just getting him a deer and teaching him how to do stuff like that, I think that's going to be great and then I'll get my son out and he'll get a deer too. And then, uh, you know, I, I just, I just, I just want to be in the woods. Yeah. I love to be in the woods. I love watching the woods come alive, watching God's creation, the sun coming up. Um, honestly, I, I, I do use my, uh, I use my time in the woods as a time of worship for me. I, I, I do talk to God when I'm sitting in the woods. I, I'm a Christian. Um, I'm not a perfect Christian. Uh, I do things that I shouldn't do. Um, there ain't a perfect Christian on this planet, man. Are. I mean, nobody's perfect. Exactly. But, exactly. But I use that time in the woods to worship God. I, I, I talk to God. We have conversation. I get to see His creation. Like I said, I don't. I, I've watched plenty of deer over the years that I didn't shoot. Um, yeah. I enjoy the opportunity to be there. Because there may be a time in my life when I don't have that opportunity. So mm-hmm. I'm going to soak up as much as I can while I can. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm the same way, man. I do a prayer every time before I go in. And, you know, it might be a little bit more for selfish reasons praying that a big buck shows up. But, hey, I'm not perfect either. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, dude, it's uh, – honestly, I respect that a lot, you know, because a lot of guys will be like, oh, man. And I'm one of them. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm one of them. I'll sit there and say, you know – I hope that my my goal this season is to kill a big buck. I mean, yeah, I definitely want to fill the freezer, and I plan to. But, you know, the fact that you're willing to put not just one but two other people ahead of you, wanting them to have success, I mean, I respect that a lot. Because, I mean, you know, I've got a buddy of mine. I told him, I was like, dude, do you want to come with me to public land? I'll put you on my spot, and you can you can hunt it. But that doesn't compare to what you're doing because you're basically taking someone on private land where there is no other pressure, and you're doing everything you can to help them out. I mean, that I respect that a lot because a lot of guys won't do that. Sorry, uh, I no, will fine. say the spot that we got permission from is, it hasn't been touched in like eight years. It's a small spot. It's like five point nine acres. But I put my focus on the side of the property that Doc's hunting on. We got a feeder that's got a timer on it, and I and I rate this. I don't know, probably about a 50-yard long, 10-yard wide spot. It's an old road, and it was pretty covered in leaves and stuff, but the soil looked good, so I raked this whole spot. 
I mean, I'm talking about, you saw my snap, I was soaking wet. Oh, yeah. I rigged this big old spot, and I got some throw and grow, which is just a poor man's plant stuff. It's got some it works. dry grass and some clover and stuff in it. And I spread that out there, and we got him a stand set up. He bought him a stand, and he's got a mobile cam, and, and I'm just teaching him. I, 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 listen, like I said, I'm no perfect hunter. I'm no professional. I, I can only pass on what I know and things that have worked for me. So I'm just trying to teach him, you know, things that I do. But I have a stand on that property as well, on the other side of the property with a camera, and I just put a little corn on the ground. If I see a deer, I, I might take a shot at it. Yeah. My main thing is, is, is I, I hope that he gets the opportunity to take a shot at a deer. I, and I, I have confidence that he will. I just... Yeah. I think that that would bring me so much joy being able to know that I helped him get his first deer. If I had the, if I could, I would sit over his shoulder and film him doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't want to put too much over there on that side and, and mess something up. You know yeah. I mean? I'm afraid that I might be, if I'm over there with him trying to film it and stuff, something might happen. So I just want to want to let him do it. And uh, I just think that would be awesome man yeah awesome. well if that happens you need to let me know so i can give him my congratulations um oh, you definitely will know because it's i mean i'm excited for him dude like i remember my first sit and i'm not gonna go too much into it because it's a long story but i remember my first sit and i was you know that that dumb kid that was like oh man if i see a big buck you care if i kill it because it was on my buddy's property and he was like yeah i don't care but you probably won't and i didn't i mean the, the deer i shot he was like a one and a half year old eight point and even right now, I mean, I'm still super proud of that buck. His antlers are on my fire mantle right now. I'm looking at him. And, you know, it. I want Doc to experience that. Because, like I said, once he gets his first one, he's probably going to be hooked for life. And the cool thing is that you were part of that. So, oh, yeah. That's what I think is so awesome, that I'm helping somebody. Get, I mean, I'm sharing something that I love very much with another human being. Yeah. Um. Like you was talking about those good books that I have on my property. That's behind the house. I would have. I'm not a stingy person, man. You're more than welcome. You can come to my house and hunt whenever you want to. Just let me know. I put you in a stand. I cannot guarantee that you'll see a deer, but any deer you see, I, I promise you, I will not have a problem with you shooting that animal. And I will congratulate you and help you drag it out and skin it and clean it and whatever we need to do. Yeah, and so, that's so rare these days, man. Because like. And again, I'm one of them. You know, I'll post pictures of, like, I posted a picture of that public land buck I sent y'all um, on Facebook. And I wasn't going to tell anyone where I saw it. All I said was, you know, you got to love public land bucks, whatever. And someone was like, well, where was this? So I don't shoot your target buck. And I'm like, you know what? Dude, the place is so big. Even if they somehow stumbled upon this spot, that doesn't mean that deer is going to show up. So I told him, I was like, it's over at this WMA. And he was like, okay, cool. And he doesn't even hunt it. So I'm like, why? A lot of people, you know, I, I don't always tell people where my spots. Exactly, exactly, and that's what I always try to push because I see it on Facebook all the time. People are like, oh my dear, this, my dear, that, and Lee from Seek One said it perfectly in in his episode with Thor, where he was like, it's not your deer, it's a wild animal. You might be able to claim it and say, oh, it's my deer, but that doesn't make it yours. You know, anyone can shoot any deer legally as long as it well as long as they do it legally, but it's just. Man, people take it. I mean, I take it super serious. Don't get me wrong. I, yeah, I stay up late. Yeah, of course you have to. Yeah, but I don't get like possessive over an animal. Now, does that 
The perfect example, and I'll have to probably close with this, but the perfect example was last season. I was hunting two really big deer over in Rockdale, and a buddy of mine hunts across the street. He shot my target buck when I was at a wedding in October. Was I mad about it? No. Was I a little bummed out that I wasn't going to be able to hunt that deer anymore? Of course. But I was happy for him. I was like, dude, that's a great deer. Like, I was so happy for him. And that's what people these days don't do. Exactly. But it's so rare now. And everyone's like, oh, you shot my target buck, blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, why fight? What's the point? So. All right. I know you want to close. I'm going to tell you this. And it goes right along with what you just said. Yeah, you're good, man. Really? The biggest buck for the state of Georgia. Oh, jo- um, okay, okay. Um, and I'm hoping that luck carries on to this year for us. Yeah. <laughs> but, but hey, anyway, we're going to be slapping them does, man. We're going to win that doe contest. <laughs> With how much you like them? Somebody else's property, and they've been friends since like second grade or kindergarten or something like that. Yeah. You know, they're not friends now because he killed that buck on the other guy's property. Hey, man. People get so sensitive and crazy yeah people are sensitive and i understand too like if you're putting like me for instance i've spent all year getting my grandparents place ready you know i've spent countless hours getting stuff ready putting feet out moving cameras getting my blind setups tree stands shooting all of that time and i understand when you do that if someone next to you shoots that deer that maybe didn't put in any effort yeah it's frustrating but that doesn't mean you have to stop being friends it doesn't mean you don't talk to them it's just a deer so yeah i completely agree with you that something like that is just dumb i mean it it's unfortunate and like you said earlier that's just the state the country's in that's the, the state the world is in right now absolutely, um, absolutely. so hopefully we need to be more united exactly uh, especially the hunting community you know but i mean in general people need, be, need to be more friendly be more yeah. united I, too much division in the world. I mean, I, I just don't understand it. I don't know. I mean, I don't... I treat everyone with respect. I don't care if you sweep floors or or if you're the CEO of a corporation. And yep. doing what I do, I meet everybody in between. There. Yeah. Um, I, I deal with know, that I, too, I, man. I've met the head of AFLAC because we do their stuff here in Columbus. Their headquarters is here in Columbus. I, Dan Amos is the, is the man. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've met him. Treat him with respect. He's a great guy. And I treat the people that mop his floors with the same respect. It doesn't matter. Be a human being to one another. But, yep. I mean, in the, in the hunting community, you know, you, you get so many people that put down other hunters for, for the littlest things. Hey, man, it's just a, it's a pride thing. It's it's. It's, it's a pissing contest at the end of the day for a lot of people. And I get caught up in it too, man. I mean, I really do. Like, I'll see someone that kills a giant buck, and I'm like, well, why don't I have that? But then you catch yourself, and you're like, well, wait a minute, man. They're, they're in Iowa or something, you know? And even then, like, like Seek 1, they kill monsters every single year. Do I wish I was doing that? Did you see that deer that Lee Ellis killed? Oh, my. Yeah. Dude. Freaking monster. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm like, do I feel guilt or not guilty do i feel jealous no i'm happy for him and who knows man like i guarantee you they put in a ton of work to get that deer oh 100 and that's you know jd was on last week um and he was saying some about some guy said that there's a rumor about how they fly the deer in and i told him i'm like i can promise you that's not the case it's like i know for a fact that's not what they're doing 
this is their full-time deal and i like dude if i had eight hours a day or 12 hours a day to go scout like they do i'd probably be able to find some bucks like that too but i tell you man urban deer are like that i, I have a yeah in columbus that i mean they don't have pressure and all they do yep. is eat and grow i got a spot in the city limits of columbus where i've had six deer around me and i'm not even that high up in the tree and they don't care at all no they don't i got deer standing underneath me i got bucks walking around I, I mean i have to hunt with a bow in the city limits i can't take my gun so yeah, uh, my chances are less likely. I have to move around if I want to get to where they are. But, but I mean, I've seen some big urban deer, man. They they just, you know, they don't have the pressure because a lot of people that live in the city are hunters. Yeah, well, JD lives in Cobb County, and he he sent me he sends me pictures pretty much every day of his deer. And let me just tell you this: they're not small. And I'm and yeah, he I'm he he, him. He, he, bought, he he accepted it. Yeah, he's a cool dude, man. He honestly, I think. If we can figure something out, it'd be it'd be great to get the three of us and hell bring Doc so the four of us, man, and we could go go hunt somewhere. He told me to come up to Cobb County anytime, just let him know. I know, um, you know, I'd love to make the trip down by y'all. I've got a buddy down in Valdosta that said to come down. I mean, what the only bad part is like I don't have anywhere for anyone to go with me except public because all my spots, you know, they're like no, only you, and you know it is what it is. Yeah, I got a piece of property like that. Yeah, man. I had to find this property to, for me to be able to bring Doc. And I got written permission from the landowner that says that I can bring a guest, so I have to be there. But I'm willing to be there so that Doc has a place to go hunt. And then, you know, eventually he will find a way to get his own permission on property. Yep. Or he can go to public. Public's good, yeah. too. I don't knock oh, it. Oh, yeah. Look, I, mean, I was going to say, I got a, we got a piece down here. It's about an hour from my house south. And uh, there's this... It's, a lot of WMAs, man, they have weird deer seasons. Oh, yeah. This one here, it's, it, deer season is state season. And so it's, it's whatever, you know. Oh, bow wow. season is bow season for the state, and rifle season is rifle season for the state. Yeah. And the thing with this WMA, it's that one that I was scouting on that day. I sent y'all a video. Yeah. They got hogs, and that's what I really want to kill some <laughs> Well, if you get that, or if you get a hog, I might have to make a trip down because I've never had it. When I was on there scouting, man, I saw a big one. She was probably about 120 pounds. I mean, that's big to me. I, it wasn't no little baby, you know. It was probably at least 120, 130. Um, good eating. Yeah. But I've had some wild hog. Um, I just, I just, I want to, I want to shoot one. Yeah. I've never tried it. I've never seen one in person. I've seen pictures. I've gotten pictures on public of them, but I've never seen one. But um, cool, man. Well, look, save the stories for next time. We'll oh, do yeah, a much we'll longer one. Man, I love it, dude. Yeah, man. I mean, you, 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 and JD are pretty much the people that I talk to every single day about hunting, and and you know, we debate on broadheads, we debate on arrows. It doesn't even matter. Um, yeah. Thankfully, y'all aren't you know stuck up like a lot of people out there. And oh, you say you're using a three hundred something grain arrow, and they look at you funny, and it's like, well, that's what works for me, man. But yeah, um, yeah dude, we'll definitely plan another one and then get some stories together because I want to hear all about it. Yeah, I, dude. I'll tell you what. That I want to hear that. I want to. I I want a text from you opening morning at about ten o'clock saying, "Hey, guess what? Look what Doc shot." Yeah. Cool, man. Yeah, well, I gotta go and pick up the kids. Gotta go adult now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Right, this man. was fun. Um, we'll definitely do another one soon. Sweet. 
All right, All right brother. Talk to you later. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Southeastern Bowhunter Podcast. Go give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel.